the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. We're back. Yes, we're back for another week. Pat yourselves on the back, actually. I would like to thank each and every one of you. I hope you're ready. It's Monday. We have a, a, a whole buffet of stuff to get to. Some of it weird, some of it interesting, some of it crazy, some of it silly, some of it disturbing. It's all kinds of things. And we will get to all of it. And I would love you to be a part of the show today. Since you're a part of it listening, you should be a part of it on the interaction end of it. Uh, in fact, uh, the phone lines are open, 888-900-3393, Those are the Blaze Radio hotlines <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation. I'm also on Twitter at StuntBrain, at StuntBrain, all one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. And there is a vital question of the day. It's kind of the vital question of the week as we are considering this, this Senate bill on repealing and sort of replacing, sort of repealing Obamacare. And I want to know if you think it's going to go. If it's going to happen this week, do you think this bill can get through? Because I'm, I'm dubious. I actually am. And part of me, you know, Glenn was talking about the guy, um, the guy out of Iowa, Steve Dace, who is a radio talk show host, a very strong conservative guy who makes a really good point about the fact that uh, this Republican Party promised for years that they were going to get rid of this thing if we would just give them the controls, if we would just give them all the levers of power. And we lived up to our end of the deal. We got them the House. We got them the Senate. We got them the White House. And they what? So I asked the question earlier this morning, about four or five hours ago, the GOP Senate bill, will it pass? I didn't even put a timeline on it this week. You can go to uh, my Twitter account and, and vote. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter account. 19% of you believe it will. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? 19% of you think it will. 73% say no. I didn't even say in its current form. I, I basically said some kind of GOP Senate bill. 8% can't decide. I, I kind of counted myself in that 8% group for a while. But then uh, looking at it, I really think no. No, I don't, I don't think this is getting through. And when you have people like Mike Lee writing really clear, concise analysis of why, why he can't vote for it, unless it changes significantly, you can understand why that 73% of you are saying no. But isn't it interesting? 27% say yes or you can't decide. I put you in the kind of waffly area there. So we have, um, we have that going on. I'll update throughout the show. It's Monday, so that means Dr. Wendy joins us in the third hour to discuss some of the legal stuff. 
And boy, oh boy, have we had some legal stuff coming down the pike today. It looks like the Supreme Court is going to permit uh, part of Donald Trump's Muslim travel restriction to happen. And there's a there's kind of an interesting phrase in there that says the administration can bar those who lack a, quote, bona fide, close quote, ties to family or other U.S. entities. But the six nations that Donald Trump and the White House identified in the travel ban, apparently, based on what the Supreme Court has decided, those, those bans can go into effect until the case is heard and decided, which will happen, I guess, starting in October. So you have a little time until the decision is out, but you have no time. I wonder how quickly they will start putting these bans into effect. Can you imagine if it happens right now as of the, the moment this decision came out and you're on a plane flying here, will you be turned around? Of course, of course, the left-leaning media is looking for that story right now. A life-saving surgeon brought to America only to be turned away because of Donald Trump. We'll see. We shall see. So we got to get to that. If you were here on Saturday, on the Saturday morning show, I appreciate you for joining us again today. I have some updates to some stories. Saturday, we talked about the guy in Texas who put up the billboard telling ABC News that Russia did not elect Donald Trump, that he did. Uh, we had him on the phone, but we had technical problems. Hopefully, after all, uh, Doc had people on the phones this morning. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on, on the phone and be able to hear and discuss and have an interesting discussion with, with Kyle, my new friend from just outside of San Antonio. And if you were here Friday and Saturday... Uh, we went off on a couple of stories out of Delaware, the tiny little state where this show originates, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. There were a couple of stories out of Delaware that I was railing about. One of them involved a state senator who was a little bit of a jack wagon. Okay, it was a lot of a jack wagon. He took a firearm through the airport in Maryland. He has a concealed carry permit, but that concealed carry permit does not allow you to carry a firearm onto an airplane. I don't care who you, well, if you're an air marshal, yeah, but uh, he's not an air marshal. They, they took his bag off the conveyor belt at the Homeland Security in the airport in Salisbury, Maryland, TSA went, uh, sir, can, can, we, can we talk to you for just a second? Do you know you have a firearm in your bag? Ooh, I forgot. Not only was it a firearm, it was a loaded firearm. And here's that double standard, that two sets of justice thing that gets us all so mad. He was allowed to continue. They, he had to miss his plane because they did interrogate him for a while. But he was allowed to continue his trip. And he ended up going to Louisiana. And uh, th there was basically no problem. Well, a lot of you raised some sand and talked about it online. 
and uh, he's now going to be charged with a felony. And I, I understand it's pretty harsh. He faces up to a maximum of 10 years in jail because of this charge. Maximum of 10 years in jail for this. And, and the unfortunate situation is that he was the dummy who made it happen. Now, he probably will get some sort of deal because he has no record. I don't know if it means he'll lose his concealed carry permit, but if you're putting a loaded firearm in a carry-on and trying to get on a plane with it, um, yeah, I think it's okay for you to lose your concealed carry permit. I don't think you should lose your Second Amendment rights, but I do think you, even if it's an accident, you should lose your concealed carry permit, at least for five years. Someone's going to have a problem with that. But as, as a gun owner, I can tell you where every gun I own is located. And I can tell you if it's loaded or not. And with reasonable accuracy, I can tell you how many rounds are in each firearm right now. I can tell you where the 22 is. I can tell you where both 9 millimeters are. I can tell you where the shotgun is. I can tell you where the the whole thing. All of it. So this guy to say it was a mistake, I didn't realize it. No, uh, you blew it, sir. And um, you're charged with a felony now. And I hope you get a good lawyer. I hope they cut you a break if you are truly sorry and this was truly a mistake. But uh, for you just to be let go, and have no charges filed uh, is a proof that we actually have two systems of justice. Those for the elected and privileged party and for the rest of us. The other story was about the professor at the University of Delaware, Kathy Detweiler. Detweiler is the woman anthropology professor who went on a rant about Otto Warmbier saying Warmbier deserved to die. She also went on to lump Otto Warmbier into a group of what she calls uh, rich white males who are privileged and they are people who were actually uh, raping drunk girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine and violently threatening professors. The university distance itself about a day after we started talking about this professor. The University of Delaware issued a statement saying that it values and respects, uh, it values respect and civility, and we are committed to global education and study abroad. Therefore, we find these comments particularly distressing and inconsistent with our values. Our sympathies are with the Warm Beer family. Well, good, good for you. And uh, that statement came out last week. Pretty much not enough, I don't think. You know, she's allowed to say it, but I don't expect a university to protect a professor who says something like this. I also wonder what the hell this professor was thinking when she made these charges about all these white, rich males who are raping drunken girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, and then threatening violence against professors. If that happens, uh, you need to report that, madam. Don't think it was happening, or at least she wasn't aware of it. She did 
she did end up getting a note from the school saying, uh, you won't be coming back next year. So uh, the University of Delaware severed ties with the professor who ran her mouth in such an offensive fashion. Again, perfectly fine for her to run her mouth as long as she realizes it's perfectly fine for the university to say, you don't have to be here next year and we don't have to pay you. I think that's that's really a, a wonderful thing. So congratulations, Kathy Detweiler. You got to um, you got to express and flex your First Amendment muscles and the university got to flex. It's right. And I think it's obligation to its principles uh, to uh, create a better environment for students to learn based on some of the feedback on her Facebook page. This was not the first time Kathy Warmbier, or I'm sorry, Kathy Detweiler has said something offensive. In this case, it was about out of warm beer. It's not the first time she's said something offensive or rude to her students or about her students. So she's on the sidelines till further notice. Uh, speaking of being on the sidelines, I'm going to step aside. Uh, I'm fascinated with something after watching all of the Sunday shows. I'm fascinated with something that it managed to hit me yesterday. Why, why is the mainstream media avoiding some topics? They're big topics. Big topics. So remember, it's not what you're seeing and hearing. It's what you're not seeing and not being told. We'll talk about this after the break. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just a reminder, it's Monday, and uh, if you were to call Relief Factor today and they got you your three-week quick start pack on Relief Factor, you know, it's $19.95 for a three-week quick start pack. If they were to get you your three-week quick start pack within a couple of days, you could get started, and usually seven to ten days after taking Relief Factor, people start seeing results. Uh, I'm talking about reduction of the pain in your joints. And for me, it was my knees and my hips and my back. I have irritation from inflammation, which causes pain. And since I started taking Relief Factor, and I, I know I've been goofy on trying to keep track of the weeks, I think this technically is the 12th week. This is the 12th week because I started it around the 7th or 8th of April. April, May, and now we're into June. Yeah. And uh, I started taking it three times a day. It's all natural. It's pre-packaged, so all you have to do is throw the packs in your bag. It's so easy. And uh, eight days into it, I stopped taking any painkillers. I've never taken prescription painkillers. I Over-the-counter, I was a regular eight tablets a day just to deal with it no more haven't taken one since that eighth day uh the number 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 i 
love what Relief Factor is doing for me, especially the fact that it is all natural and it has stopped my need to take those green gel cap tablets. Go to relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. Now, let me tell you something I noticed. And I always like to try and pay attention to what's not going on, what absolutely is not happening on mainstream media news. And I know, I know you could say, well, that covers a lot of ground because there's so much going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but when, when a government official and a, and a government official's wife are investigated by the feds for something as serious as bank fraud... Don't you think that would warrant a little extra attention? Don't you think that uh, when a presidential candidate, nearly the nominee of the party, don't you think that when if that person were under a federal investigation and that person lawyered up, as they say, don't you think that would be one of the big topics you would ask them about on a Sunday morning talk show? Well, that was not the case this weekend. That was not the case as Bernie Sanders was on, um, on Meet the Press, ultimately the granddaddy of all the political talk shows. And so uh, I was surprised when, I, when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, Chuck Todd's going to get this done. Chuck Todd is going to, uh, Chuck Todd's going to deliver. Chuck Todd's going to actually be the, uh, the investigative journalist I expect him to be. Instead, he gives Bernie Sanders a platform to uh, rail against the millionaires and billionaires, the 1%, and how they're going to get a tax cut. Here's Bernie from Meet the Press. When you throw 23 million people off of health insurance, people with cancer, people with heart disease, people with diabetes, thousands of people will die. There has not been one public hearing. The insurance company has not come forward. The American Medical Association has not come forward. There has been zero debate. So all of that's fine. You can let him get his talking points out. But I, I believe it's the responsibility of that fourth estate, this mainstream media, Chuck Todd, to say, tell us about the federal investigation that you and your wife are under for bank fraud. Tell us about it, Mr. Guy who took an $800,000 advance on his book. Tell us about it, the guy who bought the lake house. Tell us about it, Mr. Member of the 1%, almost to the millionaire and billionaire class. If he takes his book advance and his Senate salary and his wife's salary, guess what? He's among the millionaires and billionaires who will be getting a tax cut. Watch what's not happening. We need to hold their feet to the fire. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Monday, and look, I, I, I'm looking towards this week with such great expectations. I am looking ahead to um, a great Independence Day weekend. I love Independence Day, and I hope I hope you get time. I know not all of us are going to get all the time off we want. But I, I hope you get the time. And I want you to look ahead and try and plan ahead and try and find, find the good stuff going on in your life. It's not all me hollering. There are some good things going on. Like today is, uh, I think today is Chocolate Pudding Day, isn't it? Yeah, National Chocolate Pudding Day. What could be bad about a day with chocolate pudding in it? I know no, I'm not going to go with the Cosby and the chocolate the pudding bops. No, but chocolate pudding day. Enjoy. Try and find a little bit of joy every day. If you get caught up in these gigantic spin-out arguments and craziness and all the yelling, you're going to miss some of the little stuff that is, uh, that is the, the daily food of life. I know I'm getting all I'm getting all heavy here just a half hour into the show. No, I just looked at this week. I looked ahead at this week and I said we're rounding the corner on one of those great American weekends, the celebration of our Declaration of Independence. I think, you know, I might need to get a second flag. I got the first flag out by the mailbox that goes up and down every day. Now, I'm thinking I might need to get a, a second bigger flag to mark, to mark this year. So, uh, and, and if you make it through the week, all you have to do is make it to Friday. If you make it to Friday and you're fortunate enough, because the way July 4th is this week, Independence Day happens on a Tuesday, many companies are doing Monday and Tuesday off. So you might have yourself a nice four-day weekend, and that means a three-day work week the next week. How great is that? Absolutely terrific. We will get into what, what the Supreme Court news means, uh, these, the decisions coming out of the Supreme Court. About an hour from now, we're going to uh, speak with a young lady who has some, uh, some perspective on the decision regarding uh, one of the religious decisions, it's not the cake baker decision, even though that's a hot, hot topic, uh, but it, it's, it's all about a church that was forced to do what other schools and churches that had playgrounds in the area were supposed to do and had to do, and yet they were excluded from the same treatment and benefits as other churches, why, as other uh, schools, because they were affiliated with a religion. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk to uh, an expert from the Catholic Association, a representative from the Catholic Association, about the uh, Trinity Lutheran decision that came out of the Supreme Court today. It's kind of an interesting take on things. And it's geeky. So we have to get to that today. Um, there's some dumb news out there. Of course there's dumb news. Did you expect me to go through an entire weekend without dumb news? I want to talk about a, um, a field trip that I would really like to make 
to New York City. Now that we have left New York City, now that we have permanently removed ourselves from New York City, there is a, a property on the market in Harlem that I think would just be cool to take a walk through and see. I, I'm not interested in buying it. Uh, we certainly don't have the wherewithal to purchase a $4.6 million home. Not that I know of unless somebody's been holding out on me, but no. But it is the home where Harry Houdini lived. The great magician Harry Houdini lived on 113th Street in Harlem. It is uh, $4.6 million in the asking price. It is 4,600 square feet of home. And it currently... Currently, it's three apartments. It had been a three-story home where Houdini and his mom and his wife lived until he died in 1926. So he owned this home. He bought the home, first of all. He bought a 4,600-square-foot home in, in 1904, I think it was, for $25,000. At the time, it was considered to be ridiculous. That, that much money, especially for an entertainer. And this house had so much history in it, some of the history is still there in the, in the backyard because it's got a, I know what you're saying, New York City backyard, yeah. It's got a backyard with a, an oversized bathtub, a bathtub that was big enough for Harry Houdini to completely lay down and submerge himself where he would practice holding his breath for some of his tricks. The bathtub is still there because when they modernized the joint and turned it into the three apartments, they, I guess, put in new showers and stuff like that. But it, thank God they kept it. It's out in the courtyard. But there's all this interesting stuff in there. They found secret spaces in there. They were tearing down a wall and they discovered a stack of silent movie posters that Harry Houdini had in the wall. They think they were put there for insulation. Today, the movie posters would sell for about $30,000 each. Kind of interesting. I, I would love to see what's there. I would love to see. He apparently had some little secret ways to get in and out of the home. There were little, little hidden doorways. But I wonder if they've kept some of that structure that's still there. They had, um, they found cases of, of handcuffs that he used in the place. They said he actually gave away a lot of stuff to people who were just walking by. So I wonder. I wonder if we'll find out about the, the Harry Houdini house. If you're looking to see it, if you're looking to see it, um, it is... Um, 278 West 113th Street, built, um, built I guess, around 1904. And, and apparently it had his office, his home, his, his mom lived there, and his wife lived there. And then when he passed away, do you know how Harry Houdini died? I, if you've seen the movies, you probably think, oh, he died when he, he couldn't get out of the handcuffs underneath the water when he was submerged. No. He was getting ready to show how tough he was. He would do these feats of strength, if you will. 
and he he was um, getting ready to show how how many punches he could take. And before he was ready, before he was absolutely because he was set up and and tense up, before he had gotten ready, one of the guys who was helping him out thought he'd be funny and sucker punched him. And it ruptured his appendix. And it ultimately caused an internal injury that would kill Harry Houdini. Kind of weird that the guy, because of all the stuff you see, but he, he, he debunked all the, all the afterlife stuff. You know, he said he was always the guy that was saying he was debunking those mysteries. So I wonder what he would think about these ghost hunting shows that are on today. But if you're looking for a house, Harry Houdini's house can be had. And I'm sure, I'm sure we need to get one of those ghost hunting shows on the case to see it. Just a little sidebar, something weird that caught me today as I was trying to look ahead and say, what would be a good field trip this week? Well, I'd love to get a walkthrough of the Harry Houdini house. I don't know if we will. I'll keep you posted if I do. When we get back, uh, back to the real world of uh, crazy news. Bill Clinton was out and about. And he's, uh, he's talking about health care. Wasn't Bill Clinton the guy who said um, the health care system, Obamacare, was the craziest thing? And now he's out going to support it? Um, Bill Clinton was out and about. We'll get to that. And there were some real crazy things that happened in the last couple of days on airplanes and at theme parks. Airplanes and theme parks. You'll hear the audio that'll make you scratch your head and say, wait, what? I'll play it for you next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a beautiful Monday here in the Northeast. I hope, I hope that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood and take advantage of it. Enjoy it. Find magic. Find moments and, and maximize them and have some chocolate pudding today. It's chocolate pudding day. We're going to get into um, some explanations of what's going on out of the Supreme Court today. Uh, just about an hour from right now, we'll talk to Dr. Wendy about it. She's our lawyer friend. Uh, also going to talk to a representative from the Catholic Association about the ruling that uh, will help the church, the Lutheran church, not a Catholic church, interestingly enough. But there was some weird stuff going on this weekend. And uh, I don't know what's happening in the world of air travel, but it's been an odd couple of months, right? And uh, I'm sure you've seen or at least heard about this. I hope you've seen or heard about it. Uh, but but the, um, the situation with the plane that had the turbulence and uh, the turbulence that lasted for a very long time and the plane had to actually turn around and come back. The story is from the Air Asia flight. 
that uh, just, my gosh, I don't know what I would be thinking. 350 people on the plane. 350 people on the plane from Perth, Australia, headed to Kuala Lumpur. And uh, the pilot actually had to ask people on the plane to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but when the pilot, when the pilot is asking people on the plane to pray, I, I start getting a little bit nervous. The flight was going to be a long one. I think it was like six hours. But they said that during the flight, they heard what appeared to be some sort of a, a, a loud noise, as if something either hit the plane or something outside of, on the plane experienced a, a severe malfunction. But the plane... The plane was vibrating so horribly that the pilot made a comment on it. This is what the pilot said, uh, because someone actually smart enough got their phone out and started recording it as the pilot was making an announcement. And also, please uh, listen to the everything. Our uh, survival depends on the operating. Please listen to everything. Our survival depends... On your cooperating. Listen to the everything. Our survival depends on your cooperating. Hopefully everything will turn out for the best. Hopefully. And then... Listen to that vibrating. It sounds like a washing machine that's out of balance during a spin cycle. That is inside the plane. Now, if you've ever been in turbulence on an airplane, it's a little scary. And usually the turbulence lasts, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, maybe a couple minutes at best. And the pilot goes, we're going to try and get around this. There was no getting around the turbulence. There, there was no getting past it. In fact, it lasted for two hours. They were apparently about two hours outside of Perth, Australia, when this happened, and they decided they needed to turn around and come back. And when they came in for a landing, they had no idea what was going to happen. So they had to assume crash position. Fortunately, everybody's okay. But my God, one person videotaped it, and now that videotape's obviously everywhere. But can you imagine... And then we go to the theme park. What are you doing at the theme park? The gondola that floats over six flags in New York. And this story made big news here in Delaware. Why? Because the woman dangling from the gondola was from Wilmington, Delaware. First of all, what are you doing outside the gondola? And the people on the ground gathered below and actually actually were able to break the woman's fall as she fell from 25 feet above the ground. And people are yelling and recording. Nice. Nice that they were able to catch that young lady and everybody's going to be okay with the exception of a couple of minor sprains. Might be some time to spend on a, um, a, a 
driving vacation as opposed to a flying vacation. And I'm also thinking, I need to stay out of theme parks. That's just me. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back after the break. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.